so far. Down the back right away. The crowd explodes, but Lee takes the lead. Oh, baby. for Dirt Lee Buttergreen for the seventh time in his Hall of Fame career. The people down the and he's upside down in a big way. From the 47th World 100, Jonathan Davenport. Take me on country roads, Josh Richards wins. Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Taryn, I'm, I'm broken. I'm literally broken for so many reasons. Not only because the Chicago Bears comically gave the game away against the Packers on Sunday night, and you and I have had to deal with Suave all damn day in the office about that, but because for the first time since 1990, the World 100 will not be run in the month of September. 28 years, the granddaddy of them all has dodged the rain, but it was not meant to be this year. I've been to Eldora Speedway over 50 times in my life. 50, and I have never, ever seen the amount of rainfall that we got this past weekend in western Ohio. We had regular storm fronts, we had tropical storm fronts, we had wind, we had lightning, we had it all, and from Friday at about noon, and this doesn't even count Thursday's rain, until deep into Sunday night, it literally rained nonstop. It did not stop until late on Sunday. There was no chance. One of those times where the forecast was super accurate, it never let up. And it just washed, just washed the entire weekend. Now, turn show the tweet that I sent out on Friday night. I sent this out on Friday when I get home about pulling into the driveway. I said, you know, World 100 Friday night pulling into the driveway, it's weird. We all have certain season clocks in racing, and mine is out of whack. The right call was made in Rossburg, though. It has rained for hours and only going to get worse. I just, it just has felt, I felt lost since Friday. It's like... I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. Keep in mind, for me personally, I've been going on 30 years of the same place the second weekend of September in my life. 30 years in a row I've been in the same place in the same weekend. Uh, there aren't many things in my life or anybody's life that you do for the same amount of time for that long, but that's the World 100 for me. So just being home Friday night and into Saturday, and I just home a regular weekend. Once I got home, it was very bizarre. My circadian rhythms turned. You ever, you ever heard that term, Turn. I have. My circadian rhythms were off. You haven't been going to the World 100 as long as I have, but you have to admit, even for you, it was just bizarre being home on Saturday. Uh, yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Like, honestly, the, the weirdest thing was driving home Friday night, and all the lights are on for the high school football games. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm listening to the, to the GCMS Falcons, and I'm like, this, I should be racing right now. It was uh, one of the more bizarre phenomena that I've ever had in, uh, in Dirt on Dirt and Dirt Track Racing in general, just coming home from the world. The good news is we do get a second chance at the World 100, October 12th and 13th. We will be back at Eldora for the full program on Friday and Saturday. And, of course, if you can uh, be around your computer, your tablet, your phone, anything that night, you can watch those two nights live at Dirt on Dirt. Our pay-per-view production will pick right back up. A bonus Big E trip turn. Hopefully we have beautiful fall weather for those two nights in Western Ohio. With no World 100 this past weekend, it created a scatter effect all over the country where guys were really looking for places to race. I, I remember there are normally very few races, you know, or you should all remember, there are normally very few races on World 100 weekends, so there's not a lot of choices out there, and guys made the most of it. We'll cover that in the next hour on Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. We've got a debate tonight as well, and pay attention 
you see so much talk about formats these days in dirt late model racing, passing points, double heats, straight up, this and that and the other. And it seems like there are two sides to this debate, drivers on one end, fans and promoters on the other end. So tonight we're going to have one of each to discuss exactly that, have each state their case as to why they are right about what the best format is. And turn Eldora for now is in the rearview mirror, which means there's no time to sit in the puddle of tears from the Bears and the World 100 right now. But it's Knoxville week. I mean, we're talking about a top five race in America for the third year in a row now. will take place the weekend after the World 100. We'll have a full preview with Iowa's own Chad Simpson coming up later in the show. And don't forget, if you want to watch the first two nights of the Knoxville Late Model Nationals, you can do so this weekend. We only carry the first two nights, night number three on LOR TV, but we've got the Thursday and Friday really fun preliminary nights. Order your video now. In the upper right-hand corner, you can watch Knoxville Thursday and Friday here at DOD. Suave's Knoxville lock is coming up. Turn's turn is messy tonight. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and so much more, but let's get to it. Five things. Number one on five things. We only raced one day at the World 100, but we were on track, or at the track, and on track. We were off track, turn. We were all of it. We were there for 18 hours on that day. <laughs> So there was plenty to chew on. Let's start here. Brian Burkhofer didn't waste any time making his return to Eldora felt. He won a heat. He got second in the feature and just seemed to be having the time of his life. At least five guys came up to me and said, how good is it to have Berkey back at the Big E? Next up, there was something about watching young guys who haven't raced at Eldora a ton do really well. And it's just... It's just a refreshing blast of air. It's hard to describe. We got to see that again this weekend when Zach Dome and Mike Norris ran well again at the Big E. First Norris in the odd feature, the Lernerville champ was up front for a while, but at one point was in a sandwich of the two greatest dirt late model drivers of all time, Scott Bloomquist and Billy Moyer. More on those two in a second. Norris ended up running third in the night's first feature, and that happened turn at about 3 in the morning. Even feature now, look at Norris battling. I absolutely love this between those two. Even feature now, and Zach Dome to me, he's the new ultimate bottom feeder at Eldora. There is something about that Schwarzkar catfishing around the bottom. It just looks Earl Pearson Jr. bottom line fast. He comes home third. Bloomquist won the race, and like I said, more on Scott in a second. Jimmy Owens ended up winning the feature number two in dominating fashion. J.O. led every lap. But first for Norris... You had to pitch him when this was over. He was in a dream. Yeah, I don't really think I could uh, write it any better than this for us. Um, I think I might have got a little excited there at the beginning. I got my tires pretty hot. But uh, to lose to them two guys, you know, I don't know how many globes they have between them. Where That was fun. So we didn't qualify that good, um, but we hit the redraw rate, thankfully, and it just worked out for us. That first restart, and I was counting one, two, three, hell yeah, I'm going to be seventh, and it worked out great. I was on the inside, and then that last one, I was fourth on the outside, and I came by when we was getting ready to go take the green, and Nick was back there telling me to get my elbows up. So I figured I'd – I didn't go run the cushion, but I drove a lot harder than I normally do. And sure, there was a little bit of water coming out too, and I seen Shirley, and he had a nose on me, and he got in that water, and I could tell, you know, I, I gained on him pretty good, and I – I talked to him just now. He said I didn't chop him off too bad. So uh, everything was great. You know, the old Vic Hill motor run, awesome. The Swartz race car was handling like a dream. Uh, I can't thank my buddies, uh, Nick, my brother, uh, Charlie Fairs, Jeremy Burwanger, Zach Milby. They all came out here to help me this weekend. And uh, 
it's been pretty easy. You know, we haven't we didn't really change anything on the car all night. Just put a different right rear tire on for the feature, and everything's going good. It's my best run at Eldora yet, and uh, hopefully we can better it tomorrow. And maybe if we're lucky, we'll better it Saturday. Uh, we we had a good car all night long, except for qualifying. I don't know what I did there, but uh, you know we missed it real bad qualifying. But you know the heats were good. A couple things went our way, and then uh, made a couple changes for the feature and had a good hot rod. When this show picks back up in October, the point standings will look like this. And turn a neat note, you see Bobby Pierce's tweet, young, old, young, old, young, old, young, old. He's right. Take a look at these point standings. Dome, McDowell, Shepard, O'Neill, Pierce, Bloomquist, Fergie, Berkey, Richards, Pearson. He is right. That is a true young, old, young, old, young, old. We will see you October 12th at Eldora for the top 10 there. Number two on five things. Turn, I was supposed to have a goat sound effect, but they want me to do it on my own. So here goes. Matt. Was that a goat or a sheep term? One of the two. We had a goat-on-goat goat battle Thursday night. Is in the odd feature. It was the two greatest to ever do it. Scott Bloomquist and Billy Moyer duking it out for 10000 This was about more than that, though. I'm up in the tower at Eldora during a broadcast, and I looked around when these two are racing each other. Everybody is smiling. We're up on the edge of their seat. This is the two highest levels of dirt late model royalty ever going at it at the biggest event at our best track. And we don't know how often we're going to see this anymore. So everybody really wanted to soak it in. Moyer ultimately right there jumped the cushion and Bloomquist got by. Scott started seventh and went on to get the win. But again, it didn't really matter who won. For one night, we got Bloomer and Moyer at Eldora, and we all friggin' loved it. Yeah, he, uh, I guess he ran pretty much the middle to bottom the whole time. They said I, I, uh, you know, I didn't move around much. I just stayed up there on the top, but, uh, we had a pretty good car, but we got we got to work on it a little bit. But uh, the right front flap here started getting underneath the right front tire, and, and that's really kind of what cost me. I, um, you know, when you're going around this place and you think that flap's going to get underneath the right front <laughs> tire, I might end up three counties over, you know. So, you know, but that happened right about three laps, you know, and I just started bobbling there on this end and. And uh, would have, should have, could have, but that, that definitely didn't help matters any. I, I, I wasn't really looking for him to slip up. I had played with different lines and different entrances um, and, and saw where, you know, I had kind of put together a series of moves I thought would put it together to get by him. So, uh, you know, then, then when he did slip up, uh, you know, they've just made it easy for us. But, you know, I felt like I just about got in the zone of exactly what position I need to put myself in to be able to just outright pass him. It made me think of some of the old times, the two, look at this video, the two of these guys have battled at Eldora. I'm telling you, I was a 10-year-old Michael Rigsby again watching these guys. And remember, that was just a prelim. If by chance this happened Saturday night in October in the main event, I, I might lose it, turn. I might lose it. Number three, speaking of coming back in October, maybe Ricky Weiss will. He has the option now. Weird weekend for Weiss. You see him at River Cities here. I think he came into Eldora as a guy a lot of people thought could win the race. And then word starts circulating that he was disqualified for the weekend. You see him leaving the pits here for failing pre-race tech inspection. The roll cage above his deck supposed to be an in, or was an inch and three-eighths. It needs to be an inch and a half. So he literally pulled out of the pit area just before hot laps and was off to North Dakota in the John Seitz Memorial, where, of course, as I said he would, he wins $9,200 in his first ever Seitz Memorial Triumph. He gave the lead up to A.J. Dimal early, 
Then he got the lead back on lap 66, and then he held off last year's winner, Don Shaw, in the closing laps to get the victory. What a whirlwind weekend for Weiss that ended on a really high positive note. Well, I mean, I've always said that our sport is is exactly like a roller coaster ride. When it's good, it's good, and just I mean, you got to stay on your game. You got to race as much as you can, and hopefully, it stays up as long as it does. And eventually, it's going to come down. You're going to have a bad weekend, or you're going to have a bad couple races, or maybe even as far as a bad year. But um, when, like I said, when it's good, you got to stay on your game and do everything you can do to continue to be on top. Um, that's what we were doing looking, going into Eldora. We figured, well, we might as well go here and hopefully we can maybe better our position last time and get a top five or something run up front. And when we were told to leave, it was kind of, sorry, I shouldn't say we were told to leave. When we were told we couldn't race that car, we decided that the next best thing we do is take the long drive and try to go win the sights race, which paid off, so. I asked Ricky about coming back to Eldora in October, and even though he missed a preliminary night, he said, we're kicking it around. They feel like their car is good enough they could get in through a B and still have a shot to win it. Now that turn would be a story. They're gone, and he comes back again. Number four, Southern All-Stars had a pair of races over the weekend, and finally, finally, Casey Roberts is off the schneid. Remember, Roberts joined that Blunt Motorsports team in the offseason, and the pair had high hopes but for whatever reason, they'd been unable to put it all together. They were going winless into the month of September. That changed Friday night at Oglethorpe Speedway Park. That's right near Savannah, Georgia. Casey got the lead from pole sitter Kyle Hardy right there on lap six. And he never looked back. And the winless streak is over. Roberts back in victory lane. Oh, my goodness. Casey Roberts. You are, you starting to kind of forget about how this will feel in there for a minute there, weren't you, brother? Yeah, sir, it's been a spell, but uh, it's just good to get a win. You know, we've, uh, gosh, we've been, had the monkey on our back, like I think a whole bundle of them, but we've just uh, kept plugging away at it, you know, and uh, these guys have been super cool. Mr. Garner, you know, hadn't said one bad word there toward us, and uh, so he's been real patient, and um, I appreciate that. And uh, it's just been a tough deal here, you know. Dave and Eric and Lane here with us tonight, and um, Big Kill Engine ran great, and um, Rocket Chastity done well, and uh, just Penske Shocks, uh, Tennessee RV, DR Investments, uh, Massey Electric, Arnold Trucking, uh, Stowers Cat, just uh, Blunt Excavating, everybody that helps out here, just couldn't do it without all their help, and um, just uh, glad to be standing here. I'll say a turn. He gets at least two more wins before the year's over. Casey's going to race all the way into November. Mark it down. He gets two more. Finally, number five, Ricky Weiss, not the only one who left Eldora and found success after starting or finishing, rather, finishing 12th in Thursday's even feature at the World 100. Brandon Overton made it to Screven Motor Speedway Saturday night in Georgia, where he banked 10,000 bucks in the annual Rebel Yell. This race was only supposed to pay 7,500 to win, but promoter Red Griffin said, you know what? These boys got rained out at Eldora. Let's give him more money to race for. Overton certainly appreciated the gesture. He pulled away from Roberts, who got second, led all 60 laps, and he was a little tired from the long trip term, but it was well worth it. Now, we're pretty beat down. Uh, everybody over there is wore out that's been helping me. Todd and Pearl, you know, they've been busting their butt. Uh, it's just, you know, it takes a toll on you. Just It takes a toll on you, you know, running up down that road a little bit. and uh, Had a pretty long drive. Had a flat tire last night, so it took even longer. Uh, 
But, you know, like I said, it, it, it's all worth it, you know, come over here and pick up 10 grand. You know, I can't thank Red enough. He tries so hard with this place, you know. Uh, wish a couple more guys would have came and supported him. You know, uh, there ain't many $10,000 races in this, you know, region. So, but, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I can't thank all the fans and everybody for coming out. It's pretty cool to come home and see everybody I ain't seen in a while. So, I got my whole family with me, all my brothers and my fiance. Just, like I said, everybody that's part of this deal uh, is been you know helping me uh I, hell i don't know man i'm ready to go home tired <laughs> along with overton chris ferguson and shannon buckingham also made the 725 mile trip to screven long haul but all three of them did pretty good especially overton turn that was five things i even feel like my my five things rhythm is off a little my sadness is carried over from the world 100 is it mainly the bears though turn you think it's mainly the bears I know I'm pretty bummed Carrie, about the Bears. All the way over. More importantly, how, how, how pissed off are Because we're going to talk to our guests here in just a second, Fager and Izzo, about this. They're Bears fans, too. We have four of us that can just be pissed off on the phone. Yep. You were mad, weren't you, Turn? You were saying the F word and everything Sunday night, weren't you? I mean, something like that, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. We come out of the World 100 weekend where we had a three-day format where every lap matters. That's the big thing at Eldora. Roger always says every lap matters. Qualifying heats and feature point totals from Thursday and Friday. They go towards Saturday, and that's one example of a current format in dirt late model racing. But there's many others. There's qualifying and then lineup, heads up. There's passing points with a double heat format like I-80 Florence and Portsmouth. And there are still other formats on top of that. Formats are a hot topic right now. Which is best? Why is it the best? And just because fans or promoters like one doesn't mean that the drivers like the other. They both they can both kind of be on opposite ends of the spectrum. They don't often see eye to eye. So I wanted to flush that out more tonight, and we'll call it a debate, if you will. We'll have a full-on formatted debate, basically. It's not on Late Model Live. Formats are what we're paying attention to. I have two guys that I know pretty well joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. By the way, turn two big Bears fans, like I said. Both of them and I. We, I texted with both these guys Sunday night. Veteran driver Jason Fager and veteran promoter Tony Izzo Jr. from LaSalle Speedway. And guys, I have to admit, I chose you, both of you, a bit on purpose. Because earlier in this year, and Tony can correct me if the details are wrong, MLRA race at LaSalle, the Thaw Brawl, it was announced it would be passing points. I know some of the drivers didn't love it. Tony kind of went through and talked to everybody. I think... One night might have become qualifying. One night was passing points. It was a bit of a fluid situation. But that's kind of why I chose you two is because you were part of that, and I talked to both of you frequently. So let's discuss this, and I want each of you to state your case. And I guess it's easiest just to start with passing points right now because that's the hot one. Jason, you go first. Tell us why, by and large, Jason Fager, drivers do not like passing points, and really explain it from your perspective. Why do you kind of cringe when you hear a race is going to be passing points? Well, the first thing I think of is, I guess it's, uh, you feel like you're going to the casino or playing the lotto. I mean, there's just a lot of luck involved, and uh, a lot of it can just be uh, determined on your draw. That can determine your whole night. Like, sometimes you just feel like you might as well load up before you even start. Um, and I, I think, you know, and it's not that we're all against passing points, but I think the way it's currently laid out isn't right. I don't know why we call it passing points. In my mind, it should be called finishing points because they really don't reward you enough for passing. Um, you know, a guy can start first on the pole and run third, and he gets more points than a guy that starts sixth or seventh and runs fourth. And it's like, or, you know, you, if a guy starts on the pole and runs second, he's usually always one of the top guys and didn't pass the car. So the way they got it weighted on the scale, I think, is really not correct. Uh, I think, you know, if they did some work in that area. And then also, I don't know why, like a lot of nights, you know, they want to give us uh, – 
they want to do a 10 car heat race in eight laps. Well, you can't do a passing point format. If, if, if we're going to go somewhere and we're going to get 15 or 20 laps in eight car heat races, you know, at least it gives a guy a chance. But uh, a lot of these guys want to do it the other way, and, and I just don't think that that, uh, you know, definitely doesn't make it good for the driver's perspective there. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of variables involved, you know. Some tracks it works good at. You know, I-80 is kind of a, a unique place, and I love getting to go out there when I do, and uh, it's typically pretty racy. It's real wide, um, and it works there. And uh, But, like, you know, like I'm going to use Mansfield for an example, which I thought, you know, I think that passing point uh, format would have been horrible there in the heat races. Now, the features I thought were great racing, and it's not even that the tracks were one lane in the heat races because we raced all over them. It just was very, very little passing in the heat races. And so I think it just is, puts too much luck involved, um, you know, for what we, for how hard we work and then the money aspect. You got to look at that because let's be realistic. Uh, everywhere it goes pretty top heavy. You know, if they were paying, if, if the pay was more more equal or, you know, the guys, we were getting more money to get down in there. But that's why we're so adamant about having to start in the front because the money is so much different from first to second or from first to six is huge. And it's not, it's not like we're, we're all making money if we make the show. Cause that's definitely not the case, especially on the big shows, you know, that's the, uh, it's expensive and hard to go to the big shows. So that's uh that definitely makes it tough, you know, and I just, I don't understand. It definitely involves crashes. I mean, you see, you see guys starting on the front row or outside front row that, you know they wouldn't be there. They're off the pace. I mean, whether it's they're old, they don't have the right equipment, you know, just whatever. I mean, it's not knocking anybody. It's just, you know, the guys that are up front earn their way there in my mind. And you, you shouldn't just – a guy shouldn't get there and he goes in there and he wads up three or four good guys. Well, that's just a lot of work. You're out all the money it took to get there. You're out all the money it's going to cost to repair it. And then you're out all the money that you potentially could have won had it not been in that format. And, I mean, that does happen, I think uh, – once in a while if it's a heads up format but but by and far it happens way more on passing points and you just it seems to me like you promote or you what you really promote tearing up equipment and guys driving over their heads i mean i know i was at farley one night for an mlra show and i'm telling you i don't know how many cars came off the track and i mean on a tow truck it was just it was like we were at the demo derby not at the racetrack and i mean it's just we all put too much time and money in our stuff for that i don't understand why uh I don't know why we think we need to do it. No other major sport does it. I don't care if you're talking basketball, football, NHRA, NASCAR, Supercross, the top qualifier or the top seed always goes against the low seed or gets the pole. I mean, why why does NCAA not seed all the number ones against each other in the first round of the bracket? Because it wouldn't make good basketball because they wanted to meet at the end. And that goes into the feature format. If you do with the passing point race, you're going to have guys making the race that really made the race because they got lucky. You're going to have good cars going home. And then the chances of if Jason Fager starts in the front row and I'm just say Brian Shirley starts in the last row, he's probably never going to catch me. And then vice versa. If I start in the last row and he starts in the front row, he's never going to catch me in a 25 or 30 lap feature. I mean, it's just, it's almost impossible. I'm not saying it can't happen, but it's very, very unlikely. So I do think the good drivers, they want to see your Billy Moyer and Scott Bloomquist. If they're the two fastest cars, they want to see them race each other. That's good racing is when the, the fast guys are up front racing each other, not when it's just a look, when guys are, are you know, spread out because it's a, it's a luck aspect. I mean, my next thing is I really don't know that fans like the passing point format. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fans don't understand it. They don't know who's starting where. They don't know why this guy's going to be main. 
They mean, it's like they just have no idea what's going on. I mean, like my mom and my girlfriend don't like passing races. They've been to lots of them, and they don't understand it. You know, and they both are good at math, and it's like they're not that they don't <laughs> understand it, but then they don't know. If you don't have the, the formula for that night or exactly what's going on, it's like a lot of times you don't know. And then even as a driver, you don't know what race to get ready for. You don't know what's going on. I mean, it just uh, it's just a lot to it. Turn, they you know, both – I think. It's, go ahead, Jason. I want you to finish up. I was making to make a joke to Turn, but I want you to finish up because you're making a lot of really good points. I think, I think if we could get to where – we got more laps and the money was distributed better, you know, maybe it wouldn't be so bad, but right now we're just not at that point, you know, and and fix the passing point system to where it's a finishing point system or, you know, it's spread out better. You know, we definitely need more laps. You definitely need a better point system, stuff like that. It wouldn't be as bad. And, you know, like I puts up a lot of money, North South puts up a lot of money. And so does, uh, uh, the DCWC. So I guess if we're going to go take a chance and tearing up your race car for a hundred grand or 50 grand or 30 grand, that's a lot better than taking a chance of tearing up a race car for 3000. I mean, uh, a guy can take a lot more risk because you got a lot more reward, but it's hard to take risk to tear up your stuff for a little amount of money. I think I had, I had like four follow-ups a turn, but I think Fager just covered like all four of my follow-ups <laughs> in that answer. They warned me not to leave this too open-ended, but Jason, I think if you're going to a court of law, you just presented a hell of a case. Tony, You've been sitting, you've been listening to all that, and I'm not saying, Tony, you're super pro passing points or anything, but give a, as a guy that's got to pay the bills and a guy that has to have asses and seats, and you know some fans like passing points, or maybe you do, Tony, explain it from that end, why it's a little harder on a promoter's end um, to, to say, you know what, as Shane Clanton famously said, F passing points. It's not that easy to say it, is it, Tony? And sometimes you have to consider the other side of it. Absolutely, and uh, I don't know how you're going to keep me short enough to contradict everything he said. There's, no, there's not a lot of contradiction there. I mean, he's right about a lot of things, but ultimately it comes down to, and me and Jason has had this discussion at our last race, ultimately for me it comes down to the fans. It comes down to the simple fact that my last race there, Brian Shirley started on the front row and led every lap of all three races, and I had – friends and family that were here and sponsors that were here that had never been here before and said, why would you start the same fastest car here on the pole of all three races? That wasn't very entertaining. So that part of it is one of the reasons that I don't like it. Um, I understand, well, then we should just get our stuff faster and go home and the next time we can compete with them. Well, the fan don't get to see that. The fan just paid to watch the same guy win all three races. Um, the fan that used to come years ago did relate and understand it. Jason's right. There's a lot of not understanding it. These fans today that we're trying to make new fans, because the fan that we had before is, is not here no more, the new fan cannot relate to putting the fastest cars up front and not watching them pass cars. Um, so ultimately it comes down to that. I mean, the good news about all this, and I've been sitting – over two years now trying to figure out something that's going to change this. Not necessarily just for the format, change dirt racing as a whole, possibly to entertain the fan better, entertain that new fan, and yet get the um, blessing from the racers that, okay, I can see where you're going with this, and yeah, you're right. And ultimately it is, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about money. And if you can make it work, 
and pay the guys to do passing points and different things. That's fine. I just, I got, like I said, I got, I got something I'm working on that I'm going to try and announce here pretty soon. I think it's going to be changing. It's going to help that situation a bunch. So hopefully that's the answer to all the questions and it fixes it and everybody adapts to it and it, um, it fixes our problems. But ultimately, like I said, it, 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 Jason's right. It depends on where you're at, different places. Um, as a track groomer or promoter, I like that you don't get all them extra laps neither. And um, you get time, you know, less time on the racetrack. It, there's just a lot of pros to it, but ultimately at the end of the day, if the racer can't afford and, and another thing too is the guy that may feel like he's half competitive doesn't come if he doesn't think he's got a chance to get lucky enough to pull the pole and hang on or whatever. And and in ending, I get the passing points and in the part where Jason says you can end up with all the cars in the same heat and all that. Yeah, I, I get that. You can't take that part out. But ultimately if there's 24 race cars here, you have to pass that race car at some point. Um, you, you know, what, what happens, you stay home from a 3000 to win show because you don't want to have to pass points, but you go to a racetrack that's got 10 cars, 12 cars, whatever it is, six of them are good cars. The other six can't even hold the wheel straight. And he spins out in front of you in hot laps and ends your night. Or he spins out in the heat race when you're lapping him, or in the feature when you lap him, and it ends your night. I just don't think there's a big. I just don't see that it's such a big, um, you know. But I, I found out the hard way. I mean, I, I was really, really surprised that after I gave into the thaw brawl and let everybody talk me into do away with passing points, let us qualify both nights. Um, and the whole reason I was doing passing points was it's early in the year. It adds almost an hour to your program to qualify. So I was trying to get the show along good, fast, quick. So Saturday, they knew they were coming here. to. But long story short is that I gave in, let them qualify both nights, and was utterly surprised when I didn't get their support two weeks later. And when I asked, their answer was, I won't race for passing points no matter what it pays if I can go race for non-passing points. So I guess that's where I was woke up on it. Um, it's still hard to understand because – Racers say they need more money, and I know three thousand pays more bills than a thousand. But I guess they're saying they don't wreck their race cars as much with uh, non-passing points. So it's an issue. But I'm, you know, I'm fueled up with after that happened to me and all that, and couldn't understand. You know, I mean, I paid fifteen hundred to start Saturday of the Thaw Brown, five hundred to start Friday, and guys went out there with two thousand dollars just to start, and. You know, the, the three or four or five guys that were pushing the most for no passing points on Friday didn't come back three weeks later, four weeks later, when I paid 3000 to win. So that's a that's a problem in itself. But I think I got the cure. I'm just working on it here. I got some loose ends that I got to tie up, and I hope to announce, for, you know, a, a format that we're going to try and use either at the Thaw Brawl or our June, a uh, big race in June, our big Lucas race in June. Jason, what is the perfect format, in your opinion? If you had to say, okay, I know these racers. I spend all all the time with them. I'm around them in the pits. I'm a racer myself. Perfect format for us is what? I I don't know that there is a perfect format, and I, I think uh, different tracks warranty warrant different uh, can use them different formats. And like Tony typically has a really good racy track, so you can do a little bit of stuff there. 
Um, I, I think the best format probably is the standard Lucas or World Outlaw heads up A B format. I mean, I think if you have if you're gonna have four heats or more, I think you need an A B group. If not, I think you can just go heads up through the field. Uh, fast guy on the front row. I think for the drivers, that's definitely the best format. I mean, you got to earn your way qualifying, and if you do that, I don't see why you should be punished or why you should have to, uh, you know, go to the back. I mean, no other, like I say, nobody else does that. I mean, ultimately, you know, we're the ones paying the bills, doing the work, uh, and we got to keep going down the road, and that's what, you know, that, that's why it's so important, you know. It gets back to that pay thing, you know. Uh, right. If you, you know what I mean? Like, you want to talk about a monster truck or, or whatever, they get paid just to show up. You know what I mean? They're all getting a big chunk. It's not like it's that top-heavy deal. Well, if that's the case, I'll start in the back every night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't think any of us would have any problem. We realize we got to put on a show. But I, I, I know you see great races. Like, I mean, and it, you know, I, a little rebuttal to what Tony said there. You know, I, Brian did have an invert. He started fourth in his heat race and won his heat race. Uh and the racing behind him was great. I know me and Herb put on a battle until I think I lost a drive shaft, but Dennis came from deep all the way up to second. And then, uh, like, I think it was a few years ago, me and Simpson put on a heck of a show with qualifying from the front row. You know, we went back and forth I don't know how many times, you know. It's like, so you see good races no matter what. It just depends. Sometimes even people got to know where to look for the good races too, you know. Tony, I wanted to ask you, too, as we wrap up here, what I think is so hard about this is our – Jason, you mentioned Monster Truck, and you've mentioned the NBA and the NFL. This isn't a rebuttal to that, but those sports are multibillion-dollar enterprises, so they can be a little more – They don't have, no handicapping required or anything like that because of the massive amount of money involved. I, I'm not siding with Tony at all on this, but I think from his perspective as a promoter, he would say there's no guarantee for our money, so we are kind of torn between the drivers and torn between the fans – Tony, that's got to be the hardest thing, isn't it? You as a promoter are just constantly being pulled 50-50 both directions, especially as a guy that used to race. And I know you love Jason to death. You're hearing him saying, yeah, he's right about all this. That has to be hard, isn't it, Tony? Just you are being pulled both directions, and you feel like it's a lose-lose, I guess. Fans want this. Drivers want this. This sucks for you. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's it. At the end of the day, there's something wrong with our sport. Um and what we've been doing for years isn't working. I mean, it may be working at these big shows, but I'm not going to pay $200,000 to get people to come to my race. And I'm not bashing that race in any way or any of the races. Them races are not nearly as exciting as some of the lower-paying races all over the country that people don't get to see just because we don't attach a big number with it. That really is where it all comes to. When you're talking about money, I'd have rather seen that guy pay a hundred thousand to win and gave a hundred thousand dollars, gave a thousand dollars to every car that came out there and was part of the show. And that's what I'm working on. That's I'm working on the, the I'm working on giving money back, finding out where we can get the money to give back to the fan and the racer. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, I really think they're satisfied whether you qualify, passing points, whatever. Because truthfully. At the end of the day, money's what makes the world go round. Um, I always say I do this for no money, but I sure like when I make a little <laughs> money, you know. I and mean, so ultimately, I think it's – and the real problem is, the real, real problem is, and, you know, you just – if you don't put a big number up there, it's just another 10,000 to win race. It's just another this race. It's just another that race. 
problem with the big numbers, and I don't know how we get the fans to understand that, don't chase the number, chase the racer, chase the sport. I mean, there's, there's just absolutely no reason in the world, and as great as it was and everything, and I see all these things that say the sport is stronger with him paying that money. The sport's stronger if we pay every car that came there to participate. If we let the fan in for less money, if, we're, if we got that much money to give away to one person, and God bless them. And every, but at the end of the day, I wish I could do that and stand at the gate and hand them all a 10 or a $20 bill back and say thank you for making a dream or a, 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 an adventure I had. I'm not saying it's what he should have did. I'm just saying ultimately we as promoters and sanctioning bodies, and I think got to look at how do we put more money back in the racer's hand, in the fan's hand. And truthfully, that's, that's what I'm going to do with my deal is that the racer going to get more money for what he's doing. Um, and the, the fans are going to, uh, the fans are going to pay less if, if everything I got works out and goes the right way. And, Ultimately, the fans just got to understand that they, they, just because it pays five or 50000 to win, it doesn't make it any better race. The racers racing just as hard for 10 as he is 50, and they support, support those races. All right, each one of you, because we ran over time, but you've both done an exceptional job. Each one of you get 30 seconds to discuss the Chicago Bear collapse to the Packers. Fager, you got 30, you got 30 seconds. You go first. <laughs> Oh my God! I seriously thought I was gonna have to run to the bathroom and puke. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was so sickening. I thought we finally had him, and uh, I think Denny Green's probably said it best. We let him off the hook. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a perfect way to end it. Tony, what about you? I texted you both. We were all three pissed off. Tony, thirty seconds. The Bears lost to the Packers. Sum it up. It's bothered me so bad. I was on ESPN Radio today talking with Kathy. I don't know if anybody heard that, but I, nice. I just had to put my two cents in because it's just. It's so frustrating, but I, I don't even know. I mean, I could not get motivated yesterday. I mean, I felt like my dog died. Same, same here. Same I, here. I'm with you. Like, what are you doing? I go, she goes, Jesus, you act like your dog died. I, I don't know what it is. I can't, same. I, just, I mean, it completely deflated. Like, it, it just was a bad, just a bad, bad dream. I, I'm i glad I, I'm not I the only one that though. felt that. I have been pissed off. I mean, for... I, I feel good about the team. I think they might have learned a good lesson, and, and I, I definitely think we got some key play pieces. I mean, I'm glad that they hung in there, but somebody's got to make a play. We uh, we're gonna if, if they did invert in the NFL, uh, Jason Khalil Mack would have to be inverted. <laughs> they would have to invert him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put him yeah. to back. So, guys, I really appreciate the open and honest discussion. I know we're not going to solve everything today, but a, a dialogue, more communication, I think, is really good. You two talking, everybody talking about it. Uh, we appreciate it. So, guys, thank you so much, and uh, I look forward to uh, look forward to talking to you soon and seeing you guys at Knoxville. Thanks, guys. All right, thank, thank you, guys. You ah, turn the Bears lost. I mean, just this we yeah. can we can all go on and on about it. We've heard from a driver and a promoter. Now let's hear from the fans. What is the best format? Why? Hashtag Late Model Live or at Dirt on Dirt. What is the best format and why? Your favorite. Send us your answers. We will read some after the break. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Marie up there is just uh, is a great person to talk to. They're always real easy. Uh, you need something to get it right out. And uh, I just my program wouldn't be nearly where it's at without support like FK Rod ends. 
everything on our car is, you know, the best in the business, and they're on there for a reason. And we just have such, you know, good relationships with Maria and them there, and and their products, you know, the best in the business, and that's why we run them. After nine years of trying, Scott Bluquist finally a Show Me 100 winner at Lucas Oil Speedway. The Rocket Tessie Duro Power Saturday dominates in Muskega County. Tonight here at Tri-City Speedway, Brian Shirley wins in Alba turn number four. He's fourth of the season and sweeps the weekend. Brian Shirley wins in Bay County. And now through turns three and four, it's going to be Scott Bluquist winning his eighth dirt late model three. Brian Burkhofer on the top. He's got to run down the back straightaway. Here comes Berkey. Berkey on the top of the racetrack. Will he have enough time? He's closing in. He's taking a look. Your race is for the lead. Officer Ford. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Brian Burkhofer wins at Knoxville. Ugh, I'll never forget that night. We didn't think we'd ever have Brian Burkhofer at Knoxville again when he retired after winning that race in 2014. But alas, here we are. Berkey will be back this weekend. That night, though, that night was special. I still get my hair standing up on my arms a little bit. That night was special. Turn, the tweets are in. You take the first one for me. What did they say? Best format and why, Turn, take the first one. All right. So our, our friend Eddie Hearn Eddie says, Hearn. best format is going to the standard Lucas Oil races. We, work, we all work hard in the shop to unload fast. Nothing worse than getting slammed with an invert or redraw. Don't even get me started on <laughs> passing points. That's the dumbest ever, just my two cents. So not a fan of the passing points yeah. is Eddie. Next up is I think you'll like this one. Josh King, our, our <laughs> friend who employs a, uh, a passing points format for the North-South. Lock in the top 16 from qualifying heads up. Said no one ever. So uh, Josh a little poking a little fun at uh, himself and just everything else there. Of course, he would never do that. Turn what's next? From our friend Scott McBride, uh, double heat passing points format a passing point format everybody essentially starts on the same level I, I get that i get it he's kind of right he's he's right um there are some people that could probably poke some holes in that everybody starting on the same level depending on the group you draw and stuff like that but i get it and uh i'm, I'm with it i like it there's no qualifying involved so you know i love that uh, -huh. uh next one up is travis miller eldora prelims set up heats for saturday prelims give more people opportunities to run a feature and the fans see a ton of racing. I think the three-day format has really taken hold, so I agree with them. Turn, what else? What else? Our last one from Dylan Brady. Hot lap qualifying. Yes. Double heats with passing points. Gives the fans the best bang for their buck. Uh, hot lap qualifying. So you're qualifying and run double heats. That's usually uh, counterintuitive there, Dylan. But uh, it could work. I could, see, I could see some variation of that working. Is that At it? Least it? I mean, it, hot lap qualifying I can deal with because, you know, you got a hot lap anyway. You got to get the track yes. run in, stuff like that. So... I kind of see where he's I'll coming I'll go from. with it, of course. Can uh, I make one point yes. on the format deal? So as a guy that, you know, I started typing lineups for Dirt on Dirt. That's uh, kind of how I started my internship. I should have left you in that job. <laughs> uh -huh. mm -hmm. Passing points. 
I would just get the lineup and be like, I don't, I don't even know what's what's happening. <laughs> well, there here. are different kinds of passing points. Right. That's what makes this tough. Like, J- like Jason said. Like, by the way, I've seen Abby at a race. I feel like his beautiful fiance being like, wait a minute, carry the two yeah. seven. <laughs> it is tough. And we had a universal well, set of passing points. Uh, I think that's what you're saying, right? Right. 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 Easier, I yeah. think. I think uh, just in general, you know, some dirt track formats can be confusing oh, from yeah. the get go, and so it's. It's hard to really get an idea of what's going on for the weekend. So I feel like that's somewhere that dirt track racing as a whole could really well, improve. Just bring a first-timer to a dirt track race. Exactly. What, what is exactly. this? Is this it? No, this is practice. This is hot laps. Okay. What is this? Is this it? No, this is, this is qualifying. Okay, well, like an hour and a half has gone by. I know, I know. Is this the race? Well, this is sort of the race. This is the heat race before the race. Oh, no, are we there now? No, this is the consolation race before the race. Four hours have passed, and this person's been at the track, and we're finally... Listen, I know it kind of has to be that way, but it's tough. That's a tough... Both things can be true. It's sort of how we have to do it, and it's really hard for a first-time fan to understand that. That's a problem. We have to figure out how to fix that. Turn. Now, see what you did? All right. I know. I'm Turn, sorry. We took a vote this week that, given there was little racing on World 100 weekend, and then we lost the World 100, we parked the JRI Shocks Top 25. No poll this week. Turn even made a nifty graphic for I this did. right here. Yeah. We'll return next week. That's last week's poll. JRI Shocks Top 25 will return post-Knoxville. Speaking of Knoxville, it's just... It's been busy around here lately with the world and Knoxville. Everybody's schedules are busy. We had Berkey. We had to pre-record Berkey's interview last week. We had to do the same this week with our guest, Chad Simpson, as he was going to, I think, a football game for his kid. I think. He was going to a football game. It, it could be a, another family member. But uh, Chad Simpson, of course, in his final season in that Brinkman Motorsports ride, we discussed that with him. He won that exciting preliminary a couple years ago. We caught up with Chad Simpson to discuss the Lucas Oil 15th Annual Late Model Knoxville Nationals this weekend. If Brian Burkoffer winning at Knoxville in 2014 was probably my most memorable night at the Iowa track, probably by a pretty wide margin, next on that list... Might be 2015 when Chad Simpson won the Friday night feature in just a hell of a race with Mike Marler and Scott Bloomquist. And any time an Iowa guy wins in the Hawkeye State, it means just a little bit more. In his final season in that Brinkman Motorsports ride, it would be a hell of a send-off if Chad Simpson could find his way to victory lane somehow again this weekend. Chad joins me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs hotline to discuss just that. Chad, of course, I've said it on the air a few times. I think, of course, the World 100 is the biggest dirt late model race on the planet. But for an Iowa guy, I am willing to concede this for you maybe, that perhaps Knoxville is as big not for the country, but maybe for native Iowans. Is that fair to say that Knoxville and Eldora, for a guy that is born and raised in Iowa, might mean as much? Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, that whole atmosphere at Knoxville. You know, you get uh, for, us, for us local Iowa guys, we're here racing with uh, all of all the fans, all the Iowa people. You bring all them people in there, and uh, it just makes it that much more exciting. We all know the racing at Knoxville is just exceptional. It just always seems to deliver, and that's what I love about it. Is it the dirt? Is it the shape? Is it both? Give us a driver's expert opinion on why exactly Knoxville is one of the raciest track in country. Give me some good detail, if you can. What makes it so good? You know, I think it starts with, you know, their format, obviously. I mean, they... They start off with, you know, the time trials, and then they that, that invert. I mean, that invert is, 
you know, it, it, it's a pretty big deal, and it just makes everybody know that they got to drive that much harder, I think. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's big, it's fast, it's wide open. Obviously, there's a lot of arrow there. Um, but, you know, I, I, myself, I grew up on, on a big half mile around West Liberty and Farley when it was still the big half mile. So, you know, it's uh, just, just, just makes for good racing. Normally, they, they do a really nice job with the track, and it's pretty smooth and slick. Um, you know, last year there, we had all that rain. It got a little bit fast and, <laughs> and a little heavy, which made it a little less racy, I would say. But uh, I don't know. It just It always seems to end up before the night's over with. Um, there there's always seems to be some really good racing. But if somebody was going to come to you and say, hey, what surface would you pick? You'd probably recommend they get that riverbed gumbo like Knoxville has, right? That'd probably be your first recommendation, I guess. If yeah, some guy was starting a track and had to pick some dirt, that'd probably be it, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I've always been a fan of the, of the big, fast, wide open, you know, hold the pedal to the floor type place. Uh, one Another reason why I like Eldora so much, you know, early in the night, especially last weekend, big, fast, wide open, just just go out there, let it all hang out and, uh, and race. But, uh, you know, when Knoxville gets slick and smooth and, uh, you know, they got that lip around the top and the lip around the bottom, it, uh, it makes that uh, pretty interesting and, and a lot of fun, too. It just... The racetrack is just is so wide when it gets that way, and you can you can pretty much race all over it. What I find really interesting about the state of Iowa is that, you know, because Knoxville people, Knoxville people specifically, called it a sprint car state, but there are so many late model people in the state of Iowa. I would venture to guess, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that outside of Knoxville. Iowa's actually a late model state. Certainly our own subscriber numbers kind of flush that out. Explain living in Iowa to me, Chad. Sprint car state, late model state, which one is it and why? Well, you know, I would say, you know, sprint car wise for, for Knoxville, I mean, it's definitely the capital of the world for them guys. But, um, you know, as for, for racing throughout the state, I would say you see more more late model racing throughout the state, whether it's the IMCA stuff um, or, or the open stuff with MLRA. And, you know, we used to have the Corn Belt and stuff like that, WDRL. But, uh, you know, here recently we've been, you know, we, we just haven't been getting the open shows as much in Iowa. Some of the, the touring series are starting to trickle a little bit back into the state. Um, MLRA, World of Outlaws, you know, them guys are starting to trickle a little bit to get us some racing here. But, uh you know, there's still a, a decent amount of racetracks that still run the late models, but, uh, you know, um, that, that modified stuff is, is kind of taking over here in the state, too, and it seems to be there's quite a bit of that. And, you know, on the weekly level of it, um, you know, the, the, the modified actually is starting to kind of take over a little bit on that side of it. I mentioned in the open, it is your final season in that Brinkman Motorsports ride. You've had a lot of success with that team. Talk about how you guys, or discuss how you guys arrived at that decision. And I think a lot of us want to know what is in store for Chad Simpson moving forward. You've uh, been with that bunch a long time, and you've been a fixture in late model racing a long time. So, how'd you get to this point with Brinkman, and what's next? Um, you know, the plans for next year are completely undecided. I uh, really haven't put nothing together or, or really even talked to anybody yet. Um, I'm, I'm actively uh, searching, trying to find something um, to, to put something together with these guys or, or with somebody for the, the following years. But, uh, you know, Bud and Denise, they've been, they've been awesome to me. We've been together for 15 years. Uh, we've won 11 championships, um, lots of regional races. Uh, we got ourselves a, a Lucas Oil win. We got ourselves an Outlaw win. Um, so, 
you know, we, we, we've won a lot of races, a lot of championships, had a lot of fun, um, and, and everything is on, on great terms. Uh, you know, they got some other things that they want to do. Um, they're retired and uh, want to go and um, do some more camping, and they got a grandson and uh, want to spend some time with him. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that they still won't be involved somewhat in the racing industry whatsoever, but uh, they just kind of want to be done with the, the car owner side and stuff. And, uh and do that. So, um, as of right now, um, you know, we kind of, we had that discussion at the end of last year. Um, I could tell something was up and, and he was looking to maybe do something different. So, uh, when he started to, to go one big year, uh, he, he told me, uh, let's do one more big year. Let's, let's go run what you want to run and, and I'll get you the best stuff we can to, to see what we can do for next year. So, and this year has been really good to us. You know, we started the year off over in LaSalle with that MLRA deal and, uh, pretty much, uh, led that whole point deal, most of this year here so we're hoping here in a couple of weeks we can we can finish this off with uh, another championship for brinkman and uh, hopefully uh we can we can get some good wins here in knoxville and uh good runs there and see uh see what we can build for next year with um potentially another owner or or another team last couple things chad what do you remember most about that prelim win i mentioned it kind of in the open you got that preliminary victory back in 2015 what do you remember most about that night I would say, you know, probably coming down the last, you know, 10 or 15 laps. Uh, you know, we started off, I think we started sixth in the race, and, and we come up through there, and we were just kind of battling along, and next thing you know, I'm up there trying to pass Scott for second. Um, and he, he had kind of shut the door on the back stretch on me, um, and then we lost a little bit of ground. But then when we, we got around him finally, and uh, just, just remembering chasing Mikey down and, you know, getting into that lap traffic a little bit and going to the bottom and, you know, me and Mikey made contact on the front stretch on the white flag. And, um, you know, I still go back and, uh, it's still pretty exciting. Kind of sends chills to your body. Just, just listen to James ethics. You know, I mean, the, the guy, the guy's voice is just, it can be heard from around the world and it's just, uh, it's a blast just listening to that. And, uh, he, he was pretty excited up there and got the fans excited. And, uh, you know, when you first climb out of that car and, and the roar of them, Iowa fans there, I mean, that's, that's, that's chilling right there. We're going to change James, change James's nickname to worldwide, worldwide James Essex. I actually like that chat. I'm going to, I'm going to use that from now on. I've got some quick hitters to end it. Uh, first quick hitter. Do you ever, or do you go, do you go to the dingus every year? And do you have a best dingus story? Uh, don't really have too much of a story, but, uh, yeah, we, we always try to make it ritual. We, uh, Friday night's our night to go over there and, uh, have some fun and kick back and, uh, and, uh, chat with everybody. All right. Yeah. That's a little boring. I think, I think the sprint car guys turn it loose a little bit more, Chad, than that. Uh, speaking <laughs> of the sprint car drivers, they do not get to pit in the infield for the Knoxville sprint car nationals. They pit over in the grocery store and they pit around town. Could you pull that off as a late model guy? And how much complaining would late model drivers do if they did not get to pit in the infield at Knoxville? Uh, it'd be pretty. I mean, it'd be pretty <laughs> bad. I mean, yeah, anything's possible. Anything can be set up. But uh, you know, th them guys are kind of a little bit more set up for it. They're ready for it. They're used to it every year. But uh, our teams and stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose anything's possible. It can definitely happen. But uh, it wouldn't be near as convenient. Everybody's pitting in the infield but you this weekend. That's why I was asking you that question. So get ready. You're out at the high V. Uh, last, thing, last thing, how many times have people called you Chris in your entire life? 
Uh, I couldn't even I couldn't even <laughs> add it up. It's uh, it's it's been back and forth. They call him Chad and they call me Chris. And uh, you know, even even back in the day when we were racing against each other, I've seen newspaper articles or magazine articles with his picture and my name or my picture <laughs> and his name. So uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, anytime you got family involved in that and. Uh, and both of us run run really well, you, you get that mixed up. I've done it before. I can't sit here and pretend I haven't done it. It was best of like three years ago. I think I said Chad once and Chris once and vice versa. So it happens to all of us, okay? Cut us, cut us a little bit of slack, would you? Know, on that. So <laughs> the 15th annual Lucas Oil Late Model Knoxville Nationals is this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. How do we hit 15 already, by the way? I mean, that's unbelievable. Chad Simpson will be there chasing his first overall title as well as the best dirt late model drivers on the planet. Chad, good luck this weekend, man. I know how much this weekend means to you. I think, I just have a feeling you're going to be in the mix this weekend. We will see you Thursday in Iowa, buddy. I hope so. Thanks for having us on. All right, thanks, buddy. Really appreciate it. Turn, it, it saddens me on some level as a video guy, but the most viral video from Eldora this past weekend was not anything that we did. It was nothing yeah. that we did for the broadcast, but it involved mud, rain, and people riding on car doors. We'll talk about that after the break. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Automotive has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. Late Model Race in Australia, this is a really cool deal that they put on, and uh, we're just having a blast parking by my butt here, Ryan. Uh, it's, just, it's just a really fun time. It just keeps growing, so I can't see why, why next year wouldn't be any bigger. Meanwhile, Peter goes, and it's all Jason Fitzgerald and Tyler Earp. Slide job to Earp. Can he pull his right? Yes, he can. Earp to the race lead. Earp wins. Earp takes the win. Hell, I think there was, what, 29, 30 cars at, at every show, and that, that was way better than last year, so... Never know when we get back next year, there might be 50. Weekly reminder that if you're looking for a car or a truck, you just heard him say it, and you'd also like a lifetime pass to everything that Dirt on Dirt does, head to markmartinautomotive.com now. Best deals on new, used, everything in between. And if you buy at Mark Martin, you will never, ever, 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 ever turn pay for anything on dirt on dirt again you have my word on that check it out markmartinautomotive.com somebody asked me the other day what if i bought a keychain i said no no it's got to be gotta, a, go, gotta go bigger than the keychain uh, slightly bigger than the keychain <laughs> uh i am excited um for this week's turn start you know how when a race gets completed rained out canceled we're, we're usually out of their turn we don't stick around for all the post-race festivities we have work to do it's on to the next show but 
even when things got rained out at Eldora this week, folks were not in a hurry or couldn't hurry because of the, the muddy grounds in some cases. That's the subject of this week's Turns Turn. Oh, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't even be dancing after the Bears game. I, I mean, I don't want to discuss it. Just get on to the awesome savagery that is the uh, the. So series, uh, this did make me smile because <laughs> this was I mean the perfect life gives you lemons moment uh, at Eldora. It was a little wet to say the least, a little muddy, yeah. and uh, so some of these some of these people that. Uh, that were out there, they just had a grand old time. Uh, people pulling, people mud skiing, if oh you will, God, behind golf this. carts. Look at this guy. Uh, I mean, look this is. Look at this guy. Oh my. He's trying to go bare, barefoot. No, he's got shoes on. Yeah, he's got shoes on. Oh this God. is fantastic. And then we had this one too. Which, this one went viral yeah, on this Facebook. One, this, one yes. was, uh, this one was very popular. Uh, they are pulling a motorhome out. And I have a couple of screenshots when they get down here. Uh, it was... Look at the black smoke. I know. And get this trailer out of the way. Move, move, move. You got to keep the speed up. Look That's at what's important. Perfectly symmetrical mud yes. spots on the front of this. Oh, God, I love that yes. so Yes, so that was fun. I'm going to show a couple more screenshots from this weekend. Uh, there, was, there was some <laughs> oh, fun Oh, ladies, look out now. Yeah. Uh, so I have a theory on all of okay. this. Is These people were having fun in the grounds, not necessarily because they were stuck. Uh, maybe that was some of them. But how about uh, maybe maybe the people that got up Is that on, Webb Dillard? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> maybe the people that got up on Friday morning had a little too much to drink. Uh, couldn't really drive that afternoon, so... They decided to stick around and, and and have a good time, and I love it. I wish, uh, you know, I wish in a way I was out there. You know, could could you see me mud mud wrestling um, out there? Maybe no, no. I, I've okay. seen some shit at Eldora over the years. <laughs> Let me put it that way. That was some cool stuff, though. Like the World One Hundred, Swab's lock was rained out. Uh, that blue was a Bloomquist. Who did he pick? Uh, Bobby Pierce. Bobby Pierce, thank you. The Bobby Pierce pick will carry over to the October show, so he can't get out of it now. Uh, Suave is on to Knoxville. Let's see what he's got in store for the Sprint Car Capital of the World this week. Suave's Lock of the Week. Another weekend of rainouts. Another weekend. Turn gets lucky. Don't worry, folks. The World 100 is being rescheduled. And Bobby Pierce is still going to win it. Of his career, the crowd is on its feet. The Raging Razorback is going to win by a car lane. This weekend, I'm taking my talents to Knoxville Raceway in Knoxville, Iowa. Another crown jewel, another lock for your boy D-Suave. And did I mention Berkey time will be there? He's closing in. He's taking a look. Your race is for the lead. Off a turn four. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Brian Burkhofer wins at Knoxville. I'm going with my man Josh Richards to pick up his first ever Knoxville Nationals title. That's right. Kid Rocket finally breaks through in the 100 lapper. I mean, Knoxville owes this guy one, and this is the weekend he gets her done. And that's Suave's Lock of the Week. This is such an awesome day. New year, but the same old Suave. So give me the green light. Because I'm ready to go. 
Stuck on 10 and 9. Yep. Remember, remember again, his lock for the World 100 will carry over. We're, only, we're down to about three, four, five left now, Turn. I think we've only got four shows, three shows left after this one, the rest of the calendar year. So uh, we're getting there, Turn. It's yep. about that time. We, uh, we'll be back in 90 seconds. Don't go anywhere on Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Is your company looking to reach more racers and businesses? Is your race team unable to attend that important trade show? If so, now is the time to join The Drive. Poised to revolutionize the trade show experience through its virtual and mobile-friendly platform, the Direct Racing Industry Virtual Expo is set to air live November 8th through the 10th, 2018. The Drive is free of charge and features virtual booths filled with photos, video, live chat, and much more from many industry-leading companies. To attend The Drive free of charge or to register as an exhibitor, visit us at thedriveexpo.com. Number one, their quality, second to none. Number two, their service is outstanding. And number three, they are on the leading edge of piston ring technology all the time. They supply rings to the best racers in motorsports, all levels. pre-announcer call at Dirt on Dirt. You see how the video kind of panned away there at yep. the end? That's Michael Rigsby trying to make it to victory lane, shooting video <laughs> a decade ago. I love Not it. Not easy. Me scrambling down the steps, running to victory lane, knocking old ladies out of the way. That Just out here grinding. Just out here grinding, man. <laughs> Ten years ago, pre-announcer sound. I can hear James in the background a little bit. Uh, there's been some moments in Knoxville, though, man. That place just always seems to deliver. Could You could get another last lapper this weekend. World 100 rainout statistics. Wanted to touch on this. The rarity of this. We are pushed. This, uh, this is re recover and re-clear here. The race has been pushed to October four times in its history. It's actually ran seven times in the month of October, but three of those were scheduled. Here are the four times in case you're interested. 1974 goes from late September to mid-October. 76 from late September to mid-October. And October 17th, by the way, the latest it's ever run in 1976. And then 89-90, ouch, back-to-back years. Yeah. It gets rained out. So though, drink those statistics in. Those are the four World 100 rainouts, whereas it been pushed completely beyond its original. We, did, I see your mouse there creeping over. Turn. Did you have? A, you wanted to touch base on something on this graphic or no? No, no, I'm good. I like I'm every good. once in a while. I like to catch turn in a little something during the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there they are: 74, 76, 89, and 90. The four times the World 100 has been pushed beyond its original format. Turn. Let's finish strong. Uh, the Bears' sadness is starting to subside. Let's finish strong with five to go. Number five, there are races all over the place this weekend. Let's start in the state of Georgia. North Georgia Speedway has their rescheduled 10,000 to win bonus race on Saturday. It matches the largest payday in track history. Should be a good turnout. I said that Casey Roberts will win twice this year, and now the gates have opened. I don't think he wastes any time. The 101 goes right 
back to victory lane for his richest win of the season, 10K, there's a 101, in Chatsworth on Saturday night. Number four, more 10,000s to win. This one, 10,059 to be exact. For another makeup from a rainout, the Butterball Woolridge Memorial at Richmond Raceway in Kentucky is Saturday night. Richmond is one of those tracks every few years, man. They just put out a hell of a race. They made our top five a couple of years ago. Zach Dome is good at Richmond. Zach Dome will win Richmond this weekend. Bucket number three. You know who's been having a lot of big races? Lake Cumberland Speedway in Kentucky. Brandon Hardgrove, not bashful about trying to get his track on the map, and I love it. Good to you, Brandon. Night before the Butterball, they're going to race for 4,000 at Lake Cumberland. I think Zach Dome is about to have a hell of a win. Look at this race. I think Zach Dome is about to have a hell of a weekend. He wins four grand, 14,000 for the weekend. Good luck to all in the Commonwealth this weekend. Number two, do not sleep on the Wasoda boys in their four-day classic, which starts tomorrow, the Wasoda 100 this weekend. Remember, this event this year at I-94 Speedway in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. It's bounced around a little bit, but looking for a permanent home in the Gopher State. We'll have highlights all weekend long. Looking forward to it, courtesy of our friends at Race and Dirt. They'll be there shooting video. This is another example of one of those races. I would pick Ricky Weiss to win it if he wasn't going to go to Knoxville and be really good. I think he'll be in Iowa. I think Chad Becker upsets the field last year. You know what? No. I have to change my mind mid-pick right now. Chad Becker upset the field last year. I'm going Jeff Provenzano this year. On the fly, I changed my pick. Good luck to everybody at the Wasota 100. Number one, Berlin. Not Germany turn. Michigan goes back to dirt. The Michigan asphalt track that's hosted just some badass dirt track events over the past five years returns to dirt and will host the Ethanol Series for 4,000 to win Saturday night. And then two more weeks after that. So there are three straight weekends of Ethanol races on the dirt at Berlin. We will have highlights of all of them. I'm not going to pick three winners, but instead I'll say Brandon Thurlby wins at least two of the next three dealers choice on the other one berlin back to dirt three weeks in a row uh that is five to go turn what do we have in the coverage department the world 100 over we got a lot of coverage on demand this weekend yes we do uh lucas oil at knoxville live the first two nights don't forget that thursday friday live and then we will have our typical on demand smothered covered and something else i don't know uh from knoxville uh nascar at cedar lake iron legendary 100 yep yes iron man at lake cumberland and richmond which we talked about yep uh, Southern Nationals bonus series from North Georgia, ethanol at Berlin, the Wasota 100 at I-94, and we will also have unsanctioned from Ohio oh, Valley. Cherry on top there, 5,000 yes. to win at uh, Lee Gates, our guy going there to cover that race. Pay-per-views, of course, Knoxville, like Turn said, uh, Thursday and Friday. Saturday, you can find on LOR TV. We will have Thursday and Friday. Oh, turn 25 lappers. Love them. <laughs> Love them. Love them both Thursday and Friday. A uh, week after that, we go right to Brownstown for the Jackson 100. Saturday night only, the $20,000 to win Jackson 100 will be live at Dirt on Dirt. Uh, take a weekend off and then come back October 5th and 6th. The Pittsburgher 100, uh, sanctioned by Lucas Oil, live at DirtOnDirt.com. And turn, is that it? Is that it? No. The, the week, week after. The week back after. Back to Eldora. Back to Eldora. We will return for the two-day World 100 pay-per-view with our friends at EldoraSpeedway.com. D-O-D and Eldora. Weird, man. It's going to be weird being in October World 100. Kevin Kovac notes. Memorial notes. Uh, a lot of Eldora nuggets I wanted to clean up. I, I was happy for Ross Robinson. First time the guy goes to Eldora. Turn, I know you got a little bit of video of this. The blue seven car. This is what Eldora is built on. Regional guys who are good across the country, like I remember Chris Wall back in the day, 
Um, it didn't end well for Ross, as you see right here, but he was having a hell of a run and almost made the A main. I just wanted to show this because kudos to Ross. Chris Wall back in the day, this guy's really good in Louisiana. He's going to go to Eldora. This guy's good in Virginia. He's going to go to Eldora. I just caught my eye. Tough, tough lip break there right front for Ross. I just love it, and I wanted to give a shout-out to Ross. A little bit of confusion this weekend, as it wasn't confusing enough having a Mike Norris dad, Mike Norris' son, and Mike Norris, the announcer. Mike Norris, our Mike Norris, was interviewing Mike Norris, the dad, turn, and, and play the question that Mike Norris asked. I know you were going to uh, travel travel more, but you had a few engine issues. But uh, you come out here, you wrapped up the uh, track championship there at Lernerville the last year. They're going to run late miles. got to be something special to you in your hometown. Okay, so one thing on that. Norris misspoke. He didn't mean to. He was saying last time I think you're going to run for points maybe at Lernerville. He said last time Lernerville is going to run late models. Lernerville got a lot of emails, phone calls, texts that turned the power of the broadcast, I guess. Uh in no way is Lernerville done running late models. I want Father Tim and everybody to hear that. Uh, Mike just misspoke when talking to the other Mike Norris, as like I said, it, was, it wasn't confusing I think enough. his brain was kind of... He was fried yeah, with all yeah, the Mike Norris. Yeah. Lernerville is running late models, yada, yada, yada. I just wanted to clear that up. It was a simple slip of the tongue. It happened at the biggest Norris. race of the year. Norris. <laughs> Chris Tilley. Uh, Ponderosa is supposed to have a big race the weekend of the World 100. Chris Tilley said, you know what? We're not going to race against the World 100. And I wanted to just say... Kudos to Chris. I think it's the right decision to make. Um, and I personally do not think Chris Tilly gets enough credit for what he does for short track racing. That guy's out there grinding, working his ass off to make sure a lot of these places and drivers have somewhere to race. Tip of the hat, tip of the hat, turn to Chris Tilly. I think you made the right move, and you don't get enough credit for everything you do for the sport. Uh, speaking of, turn Hurricane Florence is blowing in on the East Coast. It is going to be a Category 4 storm, very severe. Thoughts and prayers, everybody. We have a lot of friends in the Carolinas and in Georgia, uh, Virginia, our, our friends, the Giguses, and everybody out there. Please be careful. Please be careful. Uh, pay attention to everything that's going on and evacuate if you have to. Virginia Motor Speedway has already postponed their Fast Track Championship to the first week in October as well. In turn, we mentioned uh, that we're doing the uh, Jackson 100 live. We've got a pit reporter turned for the yes. Jackson 100. Hudson O'Neill will be our pit reporter on camera turned stick mic and all at the Jackson 100. I'm pretty pumped up about that. Yeah, see, these, uh, these are the ideas that happen when you're given time in the Eldora press box during a rain delay. So uh, Hudson O'Neill did a great job there at uh, Mansfield. I'm sure he's going to do great. Uh, Burkhofer almost did this for us one time, but he wanted a case of beer. We can't pay Hudson in beer. <laughs> Not legal. Not yet. So Not yet. that can't happen. A heads up, the Late Model Live is going to go on a bit of a break after tonight's episode. We will return October 9th for a round two version of a World 100 preview. But it is kind of crazy. We've only got four shows left this year after tonight as we're getting down to that October, November, December, and we take a little time away to start getting ready turn for 2019 because it's that time already. We will have done 23 late model lives this year when the season ends. 23 times. I've so 21 times I've sat in this seat twice from location turn. That's a lot. It's a lot of shows. Yep. Uh, working on some stuff for next year that we might mix in a bit as well. Suave and I might get into podcasting a little bit, a little Barstool Sports meets Dirt on Dirt. Uh, maybe 20 or so Late Model Lives next year, uh, and then some podcast, video cast mix in. Going to tinker a little as we approach the off-season in our sport, so be on the lookout for that and some other announcements. But that's it for now. We are off the Knoxville. Our entire crew is headed to Iowa for Turn, Suave, Todd Turner, everybody, and my wife Amber. She says I never give her a shout-out, Turn. Oh. For everybody at DOD, uh, we'll see you this weekend from Knoxville. We'll be back in October.